welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. In this week's episode, Adam's off to a brand new exhibition at the British Museum, and we're finding out about mummification. My name is Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. All right then, Adam, where are you this week? Thanks, Bex. Yes, I'm here at the British Museum this morning for the brand new Ancient Egypt exhibition, all about hieroglyphics. And in front of me immediately, I've just walked in, are some really old, really ancient artefacts. Hieroglyphics, reform of ancient handwriting. And here's somebody that's going to tell us a little bit more. Hello, I'm Ilona Rigulski. I'm the curator of Egyptian written culture at the British Museum. And I'm also the lead curator of Hieroglyphs Unlocking Ancient Egypt. This exhibition celebrates uh, the decipherment of hieroglyphs. So Egyptian hieroglyphs, which are beautiful picture-like signs. But it was very, it was for a long time forgotten that they actually also represent a spoken language. So hieroglyphs were actually used to write spoken language. For centuries, life in ancient Egypt was a mystery. We could only really glimpse into this hidden world. It wasn't until the discovery of something called the Rosetta Stone, which you can also see at the British Museum, that really provided the key to decoding hieroglyphs, these beautiful symbols that also represent a living spoken language, from poetry and laws to even shopping lists. This exhibition takes you through all of humankind's effort to understand hieroglyphs, this magical secret code. It goes all the way back to medieval Arab travellers, through the Renaissance and through to the modern day. All around the exhibition there are some great things for children. Now, hieroglyphs look like everyday objects. They're sort of living things and natural features that are found in ancient Egypt, but the signs don't always mean what they show. So right now I am at one of the interactive kind of tables at the exhibit, and we can spin some of the blocks around and guess what real things the two signs are based on. A lot of people listening to this might be familiar with hieroglyphs from uh, school, from kind of learning about it in the classroom. What would you say is the, the main reason you should come to a place like the British Museum to experience an exhibition like this? Yeah, I think um, it's it's very exciting to learn about ancient Egypt because ancient Egypt is one of the oldest human civilizations in history, in our history, that we have so much evidence for. We have so many objects, so many inscribed objects, so many pieces of writing that we really don't have from any other ancient civilization. And to learn about that is really not only really interesting, but it also learns us a lot about where we come from. section family society and family and family was very important in ancient Egypt and we have a few objects in this showcase that show how uh, families tried to protect their children from diseases from dangerous dangerous animals and and so on and um, we have a small very uh, narrow piece of papyrus which was an amulet so on it you can see um, 
a magical spell written in the ancient handwriting, so not hieroglyphs, but the handwritten version of hieroglyphs. And this would be rolled up and would be carried around by children to protect themselves. And we have a few amulets that were also used for the same purpose. Um, they are the goddess uh, Taweret, the goddess ha- uh, Heket and the god Bess. And they would also be either carried around or buried under the floor of the bedroom to protect children. So one of the really interesting things walking around is that they have uh, voices from kind of all around the world explaining some of the objects, but also giving other interpretations on them. So this is Asma, who's 12 years old, talking about the piece that we just heard about. And uh, they've written, it's interesting, his name is Bess, a common word we use in the informal Egyptian dialect with several meanings, like but, and that's it. So we've actually got people alive today speaking about some of the objects in the exhibition. We've reached the end of the exhibition now and there is a massive chunk of stone in a giant perspex box in front of us. It's called the Shabaka Stone and it records a myth in which a god created the world by reading aloud the names of gods, people, cities and temples. And despite their aspirations for immortality, ancient Egyptians could never be certain that their writings would actually survive. But they did survive. They survived on stone, on papyrus, ceramic, metal, waiting to be decoded. That's exactly what this exhibition does. And the decipherment, so working out what all of these hieroglyphs mean, that all started in 1822, and it's considered the most important event in the history of Egyptology, unlocking 3,000 years of history, language, literature, religion, art, and architecture. And most importantly, it's allowed us to find the similarities and the differences between ancient Egyptians and ourselves. And I think that is what history is all about. And I think that is why you need to pay a visit to this exhibition at the British Museum. to keep the Egyptian theme, here's Meg telling us all about mummification. The Egyptians believed in life after death, and they believed that they had to preserve their bodies so that they could use them in the afterlife. The Egyptians believed that when they died, they would make a journey to another world where they would live a whole new life, but they would still need all the things that they had when they were alive. So their families would put things in their graves, and Egyptians paid vast amounts of money to have their bodies properly preserved. Egyptians who were poor were buried in the sand whilst the rich ones were buried in a tomb and it would take up to 70 days to mummify a body. Now you've probably heard of mummies, you might have even seen some famous tombs like Tutankhamun's tomb, but today I want to mummify something a little bit simpler. We're going to mummify an apple. Now the key to mummification is preserving the body, so we need to get rid of all the moisture from the apple. 
So to mummify an apple, what we're going to need is an apple. We're also going to need an ice lolly stick, a cup of baking soda, half a cup of table salt and a large Ziploc plastic bag. So hopefully all things that you have in the cupboard. Now remember, don't eat any of those ingredients because it is for our very important mummification experiment. So the first thing that you want to do is carve a face into your apple. You can use the end of the popsicle stick or you can use like the end of a spoon or something. Or remember, you can always get an adult to help you with a knife. Now, mine's a little bit, I mean, it's a while off Halloween, but I've got a little bit Halloween themed with mine. I've carved some kind of pumpkin style eyes. You can make it look like anything that you want to. Just carve some nice bits into the apple and then get the popsicle stick and just stick it in the bottom of the apple like a handle. Do you like when you see those toffee apples? it kind of looks like that now the second thing you want to do is mix the salt and the baking soda in your plastic bag together just like I am and this is what is going to dry out the mummy and kind of make the the apple shrivel and kind of look like a scary mummy so place the apple into the solution of salt and baking soda and make sure that it's completely covered all the way up to the top and then you're going to leave the apple in the bag and leave the bag upright and you want to leave it open so that the moisture can escape because we want any water that is naturally in the apple to come out. Okay, so what you want to do is you want to check your apple. Now, this isn't going to take 70 days, um, luckily, or I'd be asking you what, like, by January. How, how does your mummification look? But you can do this over the difference of 14 days to so two weeks. So I've got one here that I did seven days ago, and it's started to look a little bit shriveled. It's starting to look like a mummy. Got another one from 10 days, another 14 days, and oh my gosh, it looks so much like a mummy head. It's really, really quite creepy. Um, and perfect for a spooky October season. Um, what you can do, and what I quite like to do, is I make a little diagram and I've taken a picture every day so I can see how the different apples change and how the mummification process works. It's a really interesting experiment. The apple, I wouldn't eat it afterwards. It's going to taste disgusting, very salty, definitely avoid. But it's a really interesting way to see how mummification would have worked in Egyptian times. They might not have used salt and baking soda. They would have used other things, including salts. But it's a very similar process. So why not have a go? See if you can make your very own mummy just like the Egyptians did, but this time with an apple. Thanks, Meg. So remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to any time you fancy. If you're after some more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you like. Pretty easy, right? Uh, Whatever you do, and however you do it, tell us, please, because I'm pretty nosy and I want to know. Go to funkidslive.com slash activityquest, and remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See you soon.